0: Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, and MBs, and welcome to Worried Show's second stream covering Jeweler Richard, the case files thereof. Uh, and we're here today to talk about episode nine, which is titled, you know, The Alexandrite Secret, but really should have been called Meet the Claremonts. Yeah, I'm going to go to hell for that joke, but I don't care. <laughs> to heck with it. Anyway, joining me as always, uh, you know, wonderful, wonderful friend of mine, the Soul doctor. Hey, folks, um, it's Friday. Thank Christ.
1: Uh, and hell yes. I don't know if you asked me how I was doing, but I'm gonna answer that question anyway. Um, I'm I'm doing like all right, you know, not ideal, but better than Mike Bloomberg. Uh, so I think pretty all right. <laughs> well,
0: unlike Mike Bloomberg, I have a lot of sympathy for you. Thank you. So hey, there you go. <laughs> Man, it's like I said earlier on Twitter this week, where I apparently he started crying on his concession speech. I was like, what? Did he liquefy twelve fucking crocodiles and injects into his tear ducts, prick? <laughs> Sorry, but you yeah, have no sympathy yeah. for me for the mastermind and architects of a stop and frisk policy that disproportionately targets black people. How about he goes and fucks himself in the fires of hell the fucking gammon prick?
1: And uh, you know, on top of that has uh been um well, alleged to have created um several different cultures, uh working cultures that are uh unsafe for women. Uh
0: shall shall we say? Well, will not surprise me anyway anyway we're not here uh, to talk about you know um an, uh, well he's a billionaire i was, I was going to qualify it by saying an awful billionaire but well there are no good billionaires as far as i'm concerned with the maybe potential exception of bill gates but i could be wrong on that let's not talk about it moving on <laughs> you know, i so, saw that article we... today too <laughs>
1: did you is that uh, article appeared no i didn't to you? I, okay. I did i didn't i didn't when know, i opened so, up uh, we'll talk uh, about Mozilla. <laughs> there
0: was an article called... is bill gates a good billionaire yeah, Pro no. I think it feel like it's reasonable to say no. Yeah. I mean, if there's one thing that we could, I can use this episode to segue into from what we've just been discussing, it's that wealth does corrupt absolutely. Because holy shit, the Claremonts, I, I hate them already. I hate them with a fiery passion. They're they're pretty um,
1: shit, bit shit. Yeah, they are. Um, <laughs> let's just call them. Let's just call them what they the are The most fucking arbitrary will this side of Ready Player One, like. dumping a fortune if you play this game the correct way and my favorite part was when like Jeffrey who by the way bears a striking resemblance to uh, Wayne the Muppet uh, from (laughs) Wayne and Wanda I've just pasted it into the discord window (laughs) Uh, <laughs> he oh he's a, a muppetized version of Richard, um, but but Jeffrey is like telling Segi, oh the, you know the inheritance. If if Richard doesn't inherit it, then it just goes to charity, isn't
0: that? It awful? goes, the and it goes like, to And environmentalist group. <laughs> and I'm and I'm here like, all right, problem <laughs> solved. And end like, of anime. Great, nine out of ten. <laughs> yes. And Segi's all like, that's awful. And I'm like, is it? No, he's he's referring to it being no no, he's saying it's awful in the context of them being awful to Richard, not the, the outcome of you know the, the of the outcome of the diamond going to the I don't know, They're both thing.
1: talking about how awful no, it is. No, I,
0: I no I no, I think I think Sagi, given everything we know, I think we can credit him with at least having the perspective that we would feel, which is Jeffrey, you complete cock. Well, I think he, yeah, anyway, he does
1: think that. That that's clear.
0: Alright, so anyway, uh, if you're not familiar with this particular format, we uh, when we do second stream, we don't go into the whole plot as we would do on stream of four. We will instead just go straight into the talking points, and in particular, we're going to end staff with our patron questions. We will, where appropriate, provide context on the events of the episode, so you know what we're talking about, but be warned, there be spoilers ahead. Um, so, let's get started straight away <clears throat> with our patron questions. By the by, if you think yourself, oh... How do I become a patron of Worry Desh Show and how do I get to ask you wonderful people questions week on week about shows you're covering? Do head on over to patreon.com forward slash Worry Show. Take a look at our options there. Get yourself on the free dollar tier or higher and you get the ability to ask us questions about Jewel Richard or other shows that we cover week on week. And there's plenty of other great stuff there as well. Get yourself Discord access. You get, you know, the ability to help us decide what shows we cover going forward. All sorts of good stuff. Definitely check it out. All right. So, very first question comes from Kate Rose, and it goes something a little bit like this: Do you think Richard knew what would happen and left clues for Sayyee long before he got there, or did he see it when Jeffrey started posting and have someone else leave the clues? Ooh, um, ah, hmm. uh, I mean, you look—you
1: would have to think that he saw the certainly, like, geo-tagged geolocated uh instagram photos <laughs> and and drop them there you you would
0: have to think that's the case right i mean surely possibly i i mean the thing is like you know full well if you're signed to leave leaflets uh sorry you know receipts from places that you've been together in a museum like if sake had been there 10 minutes later they'd have probably been yeah, swept up yeah, by yeah that's mid- what i was by mid- yeah. So. I'm going to say that Richard probably kept them at hand, probably more as mementos than anything else, but he's recognized somehow that is there. I have a strong oh. suspicion the next episode will reveal this in more detail as to how he knows he's there.
1: Oh no, by um, the way, Richard kept them because Richard keeps every receipt he's ever, <laughs> ever got. He's a
0: meticulous, he's a stickler for paperwork and bureaucracy. Like if he
1: ever gets audited, it's just going to be meticulous, like laid out all the files, like the auditor will have no problems. There'll just be like a uh, like a fifteen minute job of like oh you you just have all the records
0: uh, and you've done this, all the math. This right here, okay. is, <laughs> this right here is the case file of Julia <laughs> Bishop.
1: Exactly. Like there you know, go. though, he's never thrown anything away when it comes to oh receipts. hell no.
0: I mean, can, it must uh, have, like might an have hurt entire... him part with them. like oh, I, this is the only thing I have. To... what do you mean i have to recycle <laughs> this, this is the
1: only thing i have to let's say you know i'm here but i have to have to part with my
0: receipts i better photocopy these <laughs> before i um, use them richard the, these these self-service checkouts you don't need to actually print a receipt when you're done with it no i don't care about the plan. don't email me um, receipts i need paper i need documentation <laughs> absolutely so yeah i think this is something that'll get revealed in the next episode like as to how you know richard knows he's there and is willing to leave him like you know this very specific breadcrumb trail that relies very specifically on him being in that time and place but we'll see i th- i think that it's more opportunistic though kate to be honest like he's perhaps in the same place by chance and is just you know oh i've seen Say here i'll leave him some stuff that only he would recognize i mean jeffrey he'll look at this receipt and be like okay japanese shit well whatever cares. <laughs> All that so a couple questions
1: i have about that um so it it sort of would rule in a way if he left them there like days ago or, or weeks ago, and he just bribed the staff. You know, it's that's like a,
0: that's that's an overly elaborate. <laughs> no, it
1: would be, But you know, but it, it it is Richard. I've read a
0: I've read a lot of Arthur Conan Doyle
1: books. <laughs> so this is the way we have to do it. Um. No, I so also did. This begs the question. So, did. Did Richard do this because he was secretly at the location and saw them, or did he see the things on social media? And if so, what is Richard's social media presence like?
0: Oh my <laughs> god! Um, well, it's like I said, you know, for him, LinkedIn and Tinder are the same things. <laughs> I know, right? And and, and we never see him taking pictures to... for the
1: store or anything. Is it a well? Well, is it a a uh, an Etran J? No, no I, or is no, it like an anonymous I, 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 personal no. one?
0: It's it's hit me. It's hit me. You know, like how you have those tired and wired memes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Richard posts those, but the pictures he posts are of him with his legs uncrossed and then crossed <laughs> with a wired. Yes, exactly. That that's it. That's all he ever does, and it's the same picture over and over. And he's completely stone faced, broken woke. Uh, <laughs> with, the, with the legs crossed. I mean, yeah. Is it? Does he? Does he? Ha- does he have a private account for Edward Backstrom? <laughs>
1: And is he like a like a political activist on online? Is he is he oh, out I, there, I can, even, you know, mate. doing the hard work for for the left The only
0: the only gov- the only uh checkbox government accounts that he follows are those of Sri Lanka.
1: Yeah, he's heavily invested in Sri Lankan uh political affairs scene. And like no one it doesn't get any play, so he probably has like fifty two followers because he's only tweeting about Sri
0: Lanka and no one yep, cares. That sounds yet. about right. <laughs> so yeah I, I would agree with that um all right next question what do you think psychogenic se que means in this series that's from al and i ad live the se because que i love that song sorry
1: <laughs> i'm gonna google the word because i've never yeah i don't know well what it means. was
0: well I, I googled it as well and essentially it is a disease or an illness that is caused by stress or mental health factors or emotional factors This is. I have an even broader definition, according to
1: the Google Dictionary, not a website, but like you know how you you Google and like within the Google interface, there's their own shit. So it says having psychological origin or cause rather than a physical one. So it doesn't even refer to a disease, right? But like, so just that. Well, it
0: can be. yeah, Yeah,
1: no, it totally can be. I just looked up the bare adjective, but you looked up psychogenic disease or disorder or something, right?
0: No, I I literally just typed in psychogenic, and that's what came up for me. But I didn't actually use the Google mm-hmm. term as you did. But anyway, um, here's the thing, right? Oh, oh, I've oh. heard a
1: different term for this. So I looked up, so I just looked the Wikipedia for psychogenic disease. It's so it says. Um, That it's a name given to a physical illness believed to arise from emotional or mental stressors or psychological disorder. I'd always heard those referred to as psychosomatic.
0: That's what I thought as well, actually, surprisingly enough. Um, But anyway, with regard to this, I'm going to have to hold judgment on this particular uh, plot point uh, because it is, I mean... Basically, Henry, uh, who has this unspecified psychogenic disease, whatever it may be, um, he is the pressure point on both Jeffrey and Richard, I would argue. It's his motivation it's him that motivates them to do what they do. Uh be it to leave in Richard's case or in Jeffrey's case to, you know, start bringing Sage around and starting using him for his own ends to try and get the diamond out there. Because, you know, if I may make this point very clear. The Claremonts do not need 300 million pounds. They are clearly already loaded. What the fuck do they need more money for? Yeah. I mean, if you if you think I'm being pedantic here, I would like to know that Jeffrey upgrades Segi to business <laughs> class on a cross-world, like a 13-hour like average flight, I would have to guess. You mm-hmm. know, connecting flight from what I believe to be Vietnam, based on the fact that it's Air Vietnam that Segi's first plane is on prior to the break, to London that is not a short journey and business class is already ludicrously expensive like for, for a laugh when i went to chicago at the start last year i just for a joke decided how much it would it cost me to go in business class versus economy to travel to chicago from manchester and i found out it would be more expensive than my entire holiday as in my accommodation everything else so Jesus. they don't they don't need more money they don't need anything else and that's why in my opinion like as far as i'm concerned that diamond can fucking be thrown in the thames for all i care. Yeah. but but that i also think is probably in a way kind of revealing of the writing itself in that the money is not a pressure point for richard in the slices, nor is it really for any of the claremonts now it has to be made personal yes. and that's why henry's involvement in this disease coming about is a thing but I'm going to hold judgment off on that until we actually meet Henry and learn the exact nature of what's going on. Because for all I know, I mean, I could speculate that it's a complete lie. Oh, he's not dying. He won't die because of this unspecified, like, you know, issue with the inheritance and that Richard won't, you know, marry someone for fun and then divorce them just to get hold of the uh, the diamond. Like, you know, I, that could very well be a complete lie. I mean, heck, half the show has been about the fictitious personas that people put forward and lest you forget uh, the gem that Jeffrey has here, the Alexandrite, the one of two colours which will be covered in our next question comes from Henry originally so you know, Two-Face perhaps maybe, who can say? Just just thinking about that you know so I'm going to hold judgement on that until we have more info because I could in theory criticise it as being, oh god this is such a hack thing like oh no, our inheritance is in trouble and I've suddenly got, I don't know Ebola. Ah, (laughs) ah, No, I don't want to die. Richard, please marry someone for the sake of this diamond. Uh, Yeah, it does seem a bit... It seems a bit tenuous. And the thing is, when I say tenuous, it's like I've said before when I've been criticising stuff on this podcast. If it's tenuous in the sense that it's intended that way on the writer's part, and in turn that is revealed to just be Henry being full of shit, that's fine. That makes for a story. That makes for a narrative that I can follow and enjoy. But if it's tenuous because it's bad writing because the rice didn't consider it and thinks of, Oh God, I've got to hammer in a way to actually make Richard care about all this because money obviously doesn't matter to him in the slightest. Then that's not good, obviously. So we'll wait and see on that in my opinion. Yeah. I have nothing to add. I mean, I'm sure it
1: it was a weird, I guess, translation choice Um, only because again, I feel like psychosomatic is the, at least the more common term, it may, maybe that's dated though. Maybe the terminology has just changed, and they just mean, yeah, it's just a, the the preferred way of saying in 2020 that someone has a an illness that has manifested physically, um, but his, the origin is emotional or mental. Um, mm. But yeah, who who the hell knows what it is exactly? I'm the Claremonts are
0: full of surprises. He could Henry could have fucking ligma for all I know so we'll just wait and see yeah uh, right so next question this comes from Aella as well do you think there is any symbolism to Jeffrey wearing a gem that changes yes. colour absolutely uh, basically we get two sides of Henry in this one indeed I have to I'm actually going to expand this question to point out something that I also liked about this episode which is say he's growth because at this point in case it's not been clear he is cut loose now he has no one to rely on anymore he has now Tanimoto for his support he doesn't have Richard either. He is in a foreign country um, with no one to back him up if things are wrong. He basically has to rely on Tyler's own wits and his own knowledge. And so the fact that it's him this time who's pointing out the quality of the Alexandrite and the fact that it shifts colour in depending on natural light versus not, not um, that I thought was a really, really nice moment for him. A moment for him to fight back against Jeffrey's manipulations and indeed reveal the fact that he is kind of a manipulator, but also one who's driven, at least in his mind, by a genuine you know motivation that he wants to help his brother out like he doesn't want his brother to be sick of with worry over this uh diamond inheritance he just wants it dealt with um and yeah i mean the alexanderite itself you know gem of two colors mm-hmm. one of which you know blood red in darkness or unnatural light and that is when jeffrey is you know trying to get his you know puppeteer say he's doing this and he's spinning his yarn and his story about their history Versus when Seiji points that out and the gem has changed color is now green, Um, and that's when Jeffrey's facade drops. Me, he tells him to shut up. Shut up. He's no longer speaking Japanese. Like, and that that I think is a key point, mate. By the way, in the Jeffrey is speaking Japanese, of course, for much this, but he actually does speak like his native English here. The facade drops even in terms of the language barrier, or or they're trying to cross that, which is a neat little detail. So, for me, I think this is probably. Honestly, one of the more simple, simplest, symbolis- simplistic elements of the show in terms of its gem work, which is, he is a man of different shades. Well, you know, he operates in the darkness, and he's clearly not unwilling to use his wealth to manipulate. her. So you're like, oh, I'm going to put you on the same flight as me in business class. Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Just uh, well, then uh, immediately you knew he was trouble because of, uh, you know, Ra's al Ghul right telling saggy you're being watched <laughs> by Al-Gul. members of oh, the Jesus Claremont Ray's. family happy raysalgo like to perma smile um the the,
0: the the demigod of the handlebar mustache I mean, just
1: always fiddling with it
0: too <laughs> i i mean I, who who wouldn't come on if you've got one, if you've got one of those you're gonna faff, you're gonna twirl your mustache you know how could you not if you don't use it you might as well lose it i'm just saying right? <laughs> But then he would lose his sort of
1: like butlerish appearance, so you have to you gotta, you gotta hold on to that look once you once you're there. Uh, Rana Shinhana,
0: Rana Shin, Rana
1: Shinha, Rana-shin-ha. Sol, Rana Shinhasan. Um, I'm trying to find. This is unrelated to what we've been talking about, but for some reason my Crunchyroll player won't load. Um, but. Did did you happen to have a look at um Jeffrey's uh passport?
0: Yes. Did you Why is he called the catchy? <laughs> well, we've already I'm again, let's wait and see. Uh but I mean, come on. He's clearly a, a boy genius detective dece- who's working dece- for you. Well, on well, on top of that though, if you think about it, um and this is actually funny enough me bringing up parasites again Um, because one of the things that I learned from reading uh, material about that film is that uh, you have the head of the rich family whose name is Nathan Park. But Nathan Park is not actually his name. Now, I apologise, I don't have this time. I don't remember his actual Korean name apart from his second name being Park. But Nathan Park is a name that he has taken on to make him more appealing to Western business interests. Why is that relevant to this? Because if indeed, you know, um, Jeffrey hasn't been going around Japan trying to find... Um, you know, Richard, maybe having a fake passport, which I mean, he's certainly got the money to buy one, uh, with a false name on it of a Ketchy to try and make, pass him off more as Japanese. That could be a thing, and that would certainly tie into his character thus far. That he, you know, in fact, you think about it, his first name is fake, but his second name is not, and that I think ties in very nicely with the duality of we've seen of him thus far, which is, oh, I'm totally going to use you for my own ends, but then we see, like, you know, that that crumbles away when we talk about Henry. Mm. By the by, can I just point something mm-hmm. out? When we get the picture of Richard, Henry, and Jeffrey, uh the way that Jeffrey introduces this photograph, I thought for a moment that he was jokingly referring to the dog in the main I did in as the well. centre as Henry. I did as well. <laughs> and then we get to see Henry at the background scowling, yeah. and I'm like, oh god. is the fucking Draco yes, Malfoy always. of the family. Yep. Oh, fucking great. Slivering all the way. What a bastard. Ah okay. So, next question. This one comes from OKK. Um, And I'm just going to summarize this into saying, what do we ultimately think of Jeffrey thus far? Well, I'm
1: going to take a wild guess based on the fact that K is asking this question and say that K feels like that Jeffrey might appear bad or unlikable at first but really, he's been through some shit, and you and he and Kay likes him, and he's he ought to be empathized with. Um, but so far, you know, I mean, I haven't really uh, been given too much of a reason to like him. Um, you know, because I am uh, I, I am a observer of the show in the camp of of Segi. You know, Segi's our boy. He's uh, he's who we're rooting for. And uh, he's basically been accosted by this guy and being dragged all over the place. Um, And he's been warned about this guy who's clearly duplicitous and wants Richard to do some nefarious shit. I mean, I'm sure he has reasons. I mean, if he didn't have good reason, he wouldn't be a good character in fiction. But uh, I don't hmm. care right now. Uh right now well like, i,
0: I should i should clarify has not actually stayed out right if, if they oh like i
1: know him. but no, i'm just not. saying yeah no that's a good clarification um but i'm just guessing based on k's behavior in the past with characters like Homera. <laughs> you know what i mean I Would
0: be like what do oh, you think of homura in the end. and it's like he wasn't a he wasn't a bastard he was just misgu- deeply misguided he's but again i suppose that's the defining line that we have plunged here, into deep
1: the- water Homer and not is is returned oh
0: god uh it, that's the fine line we have though is uh, are these characters sufficiently well-rounded to have reasonable motivations that you'd ultimately do not agree with but you can understand how they got to that point point? and i think again this is possibly a flaw with the adaptation from novel to show in that we feel like we're getting a very abridged version of this here Now, again, this is something that is going to evolve over time as we come towards the show's end and get more info on uh, Jeffrey. And particularly also, I want to see how he reacts with Henry present because I get the feeling he would be a very different person in the presence of his brother. Um, Here's the thing. We have two stated reasons for why Richard needs to do the thing he needs to do in order to obtain this diamond. Uh, One of which is the value, the £300 million diamond. The other being keep to it save out of the hands life. of those environmentalists. We I mean, God yeah, knows what they Fuck you, hey, greenpeace.
1: Fuck yeah, just don't don't save the planet that we're on. You know, currently, that's dying. It's we need the diamond clearly, definitely. I like how that's like, you know. In, in uh, the, you know, grandfather or great-grandfather's mind. Or no, it's grandfather, right? That's inher- leaving the diamond. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, like the, the fact that in his mind, that's like the penalty. That's the punishment. If you don't, hmm. I'll give the diamond to charity. <laughs> like That's like the thing that's Sounds supposed to day. motivate them. <laughs> it's
0: the punishment. I mean, I- oh no, we'll have not as much as we do already (laughs) even though we're incredibly wealthy which now that i think about it you know this whole henry has to invent or indeed has this psychogenic disease i think that actually makes me like this episode and the show more as a result only because it just goes to show how pathetic a motivation wealth actually can be um especially when you're already wealthy and also as we say like there's been many episodes as far that have pretty clearly torn down the idea of fiscal value being worth a damn over actually caring about your although
1: actually to be fair um isn't it entirely the the, within the bounds of sense and reason that billionaires would be super duper motivated by money because like clearly they have enough wealth but acquiring more seems to be their like raison d'etre
0: oh for sure doesn't mean it makes any sense though
1: sure but it's but it is our rib but we see it happen so i could buy it you know what i'm saying if that was the reason oh, I,
0: I, well they could they could buy it all right <laughs> over and over and over and over ha 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 fuck billionaires they're all shit anyway <clears throat> so i feel like i might have already covered my forces, but I'll, I'll offer a joke answer firstly which is that we get to see jeffrey using a selfie stick and that already makes me hate. <laughs> totally 100% yes Like, here's here's the thing, right? Um, If I may give you a little anecdote. I remember once going to a club where I saw these two girls going around taking pictures of themselves on a very clouded dance floor with a selfie stick. And my immediate reaction to this was twofold. One, any one person in that crowd could have reached up and plucked their phone out of the selfie stick and disappeared. And secondly, they were (laughs) waving it around willy-nilly and they could have potentially hit someone in the head who didn't even notice because obviously everyone's in groups. So... Unless you are a professional, because I have seen, like, someone, for example, taking a selfie stick with them as they're walking around a fighting game tournament uh, to film it. Makes sense to me there. Or if you're indeed any event. Like, if you're a professional uh, journalist, photographer, etc., I don't have a problem. If you are just a regular dude or dudette or anywhere yeah. around that, and you're just, dude, you know, can carrying we just, a selfie Can
1: we all agree now that dude is a gender-neutral
0: term? All right, let's go with that. Let's just say, all right, so if you're a, if you're a dude, if you're a regular dude... And you are wandering around with a selfie stick. You just, to me, look like a swag. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And this is the point where I will turn out one of our patrons has one and uses all the time, and is probably going to end up saying very mean things to me. In which case, you're probably right. Maybe I'm being too unfair about it. But God Almighty, I was just like, I already didn't like him after the plane scene. And then when he had that, I was like, oh, well, this is the ribbon, like you know, around the parcel that is Jeffrey's general awfulness, man, Aw- awfulness. But okay, Although, but h- sorry, go ahead. You first. But here's the thing, right? Like, I don't feel comfortable really answering the question at the moment, given how little information we've got. A lot of what we've been given in this episode um, is very expository in nature. Like, here's the entire family yeah. tree, here's the situation, here's the, here's the means upon which, you know, Richard must inherit the dime. Now, Jeffrey does make a point where he says, oh, he could just marry anyone and then just divorce. It's not the 19th century anymore. Uh, which made me chuckle because I thought, okay... <laughs> You want to, you want Richard to marry an a, a proper English housewife of a specific area or areas. What does that even mean? I mean, you say it's not the nineteenth century and anymore, yeah. Jeffrey, but it seems your grandfather had very different <laughs> ideas. Did his clock, did his you know fucking clock stop one day? What does that even mean? Like, do they even exist anymore? And
1: like the in, the one who would inherit it is the one whose what his parents were. closest closest to england England. in the goddamn hell this really took me out of the episode i have to say like because the show it it, it can be silly and it can have characters doing silly things but this was like even the the parameters by which the show has set for itself and operated in like this just seems ridiculous (laughs) it's like this is This just seems so ad hoc. Like, so there to create this bullshit drama. Like, it's not naturalistic in any way whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I... On the one hand, I again don't mind the idea as presented because, you know, rich and wealthy people generally do have really arbitrary standards for shit like this. I mean, we've already had, like, episodes, for example, with Homer and Mami about what is meant, you know, for someone falling in love and marrying... I think that's consistent. And I think it's consistent in terms of this is stupid and it's wrong. And, you know, none of that should happen. Um, so it's difficult for me to really get an honest read on Jeffrey as it stands right at the moment because I think I want to see more of him before I come to a proper conclusion. And again, particularly, the thing I want to see the most is his interactions his relationship as presented to us, not something he tells us about, but as shown uh-huh. to
1: us with Henry. Well, and with Richard too, right? I mean... Because, like, you know, the way Kay frames the question, I think, is really, um, really good. Because, you know, he could, and the way Segi brings it up, too, like, he could have a lot of really strong, positive feelings for Richard, but feel like, you know, he's duty-bound to sacrifice Richard's happiness to protect Henry and, or, or, you know, keep him alive or prevent him from yeah. from further suffering
0: or ha- like if, if if you want a narrative that does this infinitely better that is about a rich person defending a sick brother just go watch mararo penguin drum mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm.
0: by which i'm specifically referring to natsume's character arc in for that sure one, because oh boy for sure uh, but that's the discussion but for we need to day. see it like um, you're saying i mean we need to see, just yeah, hearing need about to, it is to tough because what
1: we see of him is being a smarmy asshole
0: yeah and indeed that could be by design of the show where we're just getting this exposition and what he's telling us and say he clearly isn't buying a lot of it or doesn't feel comfortable with it and we're not comfortable either and that can very much be by design that's not a flaw necessarily as we see it right now this is one of the problems of doing this particular format of week on week where we can offer our commentary as it stands at the time but things can change very suddenly um so hold me to my words basically where currently i don't like jeffrey really at all um but I can at least give him the credit that he's doing what he's doing because he genuinely believes in it. And if it turns out that Henry is indeed full of shit and is not sick or his sickness is massively overstated, then, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. that, that at least still makes it, you know, me want to watch what happens next to him and his family. Um, or even to go one further than that, if it turns out Henry's illness is indeed as genuine as it is, and he is, you know, not the evil, like devil looking prick that he is in the picture. Um, that in itself can still be interesting because then we have what is also, this is also why Saul is in the episode, as it turns out, which I'll discuss uh, when we get to Kate's next question, which is the idea of, you know, the family you have that you find versus the family that you were born with. Um, because then that's Richard's choice, you know, does he, is he beholden? Is it, is it required for him to, you know, give away a part of himself and his dignity in order to save his brother's life. I mean, I suppose if you want to throw the question out of the doc, if you were in let's say you're in Richard's shoes, but all that was asked of you was to donate a kidney to Henry. Like to your brother, even. Let's let's not even make it the case you're in Richard's shoes in your own shoes. If your brother wanted a kidney, would you do that? Are we talking about my actual brother? Like We might as we might as well, because I think if I talked about it in terms of you being in Richard's shoes but then change the situation, it would be too abstract. Mm-hmm. So let's just keep it like to something that's compar- oh, within, oh, comparable uh, which yes is... I would I would do the same for my own sisters although my kidneys are probably shot to fuck <laughs> so I don't know why they'd want them they'd be good as they'd be good as golf balls I don't know are they that are kidneys hacky. that small I, I don't really I realize I don't well they are after the, after how damaged I don't know <laughs> the size of a kidney they, may, may, maybe they can play hacky sack with them I don't <laughs> know are they really um, that small I thought they were larger no, I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> let's see. I don't know shit about kidney the human body, other than that. Size. Other than that, alcohol is drinkable. So let's see how big um,
1: a kid. kidney is. About four to five inches long, roughly the size of a large
0: fist. You're right. You're right. It is the size yeah. of a sack. <laughs> no, sack. <laughs> there you go. So okay, we are in agreement that we would do something like that for a brother who is sick. But then I suppose the question then is if in instead, like you know. It's not that Richard wouldn't do something for his bro, but rather the conditions under which he must do it are too unreasonable. I mean, is that right, though? Like, if if it is a stated, if everything is true, and Henry is genuinely sick, should Richard bite the bullet, marry someone for the sake of it, divorce them, get the gem, and call it a day? Should he, you know, debase himself in such a way?
1: Well, the, I think there's a lot of shit that we just don't know, right? I mean,
0: like... Yeah, we How probably, are they not yeah, able yeah, depends on to... How,
1: um, I mean, I guess this could be one giant commentary on the British health system. But you guys, the health system there is in much better shape than the American one.
0: Not not for lack of trying <laughs> on the part of the Tory party. Like but, how could they um, not well, afford to take that. care of this? Uh, oh, they're fucking immensely wealthy people as well. Like, they could go private. Like, private health care is available yes, in the UK as
1: well if you want Exactly, it. too. They could just have a live-in doctor. Uh,
0: exactly. Exactly. Again, I bring up Penguin Drum for the similar sort of scenario there. But, okay. um, I suppose, Kate, to finally give you my conclusion is I don't know, but I do want to know. I'm not immediately put off by what's happening. And, indeed, my opinion of Jeffrey as a scumbag, as it stands right now, is something that I admit is based on incomplete information, but I also am willing to credit the show with having it be that it intends for us to feel like that and can then tear that down or peel it away later. Yeah. So... I'm okay the with it. The show that. hasn't really had um despite
1: my negative feelings on certain characters, I think the from the writer's own point of view, the show doesn't have any purely hateable one dimensional scumbags.
0: Well, there was the guy selling the gems that were fake.
1: Uh right. That's right. The, yes. Well yes. even then it's like they're young and stupid, right? They're not uh they're not completely irredeemable. Right? I mean, I'm saying that's the way mm. the writers think. I disagree. I there are several characters in this show that I just want to burn. <laughs> and I'm okay with that with with that. I'm completely fine with it.
0: Okay. Um, so next one, this is our final patron question. This comes from Kate Rose. Segi meets Richard's mentor Saul this episode. What was one thing you liked about him, one thing you didn't, and one thing you would have changed about the character if you could? so i actually have a talking point about saul and his role in this show cool. um that i think i will probably address yeah. now because to be honest uh to skip the what i liked about him and go to the thing i didn't the thing that I would change about the character if i could i don't really have anything that i feel is wrong with him in terms of his function in the show i think that he is fine as is now i don't admittedly know anything about the racial like makeup and all that and if that's wrong or anything like i don't think so it doesn't read to me as that so i i'm gonna confess my blindness on that element uh, i don't believe there's anything wrong i think he's perfectly fine um and i don't think there's anything i would change about him in terms of his role as presented granted i am operating under the knowledge that this show is deeply deeply truncated versus the actual novel yep. in a way in particular in one very significant way this episode that i will be talking about soon where i will be getting out my l- critical carving knives because i'm deeply annoyed at it. But anyway, <clears throat> so n- to answer that, no, there's nothing I don't like about him per se, but that doesn't mean I love him, I have of stress. And there's nothing I would change by him in terms of the function he serves. So that just leaves the thing where I liked about him, and that is in turn, what is Saul there for in this episode? So let's talk about mentors, mentees, and far. Uh, uh, sorry, familial, re- oh, sorry, how say, uh, paternal relationships, if you mm-hmm. want to call them that. Because one thing I noted here is that you'll, first off, Saul has the same verbal um, quirks, if you will, as Richard does, which is good for mm-hmm. you. And on top of that, he also drinks a lot of That tea. was a nice touch, right? But that
1: you were, you yeah. saw, like, Richard, like, that he's Richard's mentor. He's inherited some stuff. And he's also, like you said, put his own twist on things. Like, he's a tea drinker, but he goes royal milk. He's royal yeah. milk
0: tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually really, really like this as a way of... Not going too in-depth on it, I mean, there's probably another show that could do that, but showing us how I feel is a very authentic way in which we become the people we are from, like, learning from others and mentors and such and father figures. Like, for example, none of you who are listening to this will have met my father, more than likely. Um, Little do you know, but, but a lot, yeah. but but a lot of a lot of people I've met in my time who know both him and me say that I have a I talk a lot like him, particularly with my sense of humor. When and this is the point where some people in the audience are like, "Oh, good God, there's more of but, them?" Shit. Um, but anyway, like they've actually said to point like you two are so alike in terms of how you talk, and yeah, I would also contend that I am a very different person from my father. For one, I'm not a racist. Ooh. So that's a start. Yeah, I oh believe me, I've I'm I've got no no two ways about it. He is unfortunately a bit of xenophobic.
1: Well, so is my stepfather, <sighs> so it's, it's
0: Yeah. A... <laughs> but that's the that's the point I'm getting though, is that I think the show is very authentic in how it's shown Saul as probably the only actual genuine father figure to rich even though we've only really seen him briefly in terms of showtime. Because Richard has taken a lot of mannerisms and cadences from Saul. We can already tell that. But he has his own way of spinning them and doing his own thing as well. Like, it's royal milk tea. So that has the thing of coming back to England a little bit, maybe its own way of, you know... Admittedly, I don't even know if royal milk tea is English. I don't even drink tea. And I am an Englishman. What's wrong with me? I should be putting the stock a's for I also that. hate um, tea.
1: Tea is terrible. I'm just gonna... It's, <laughs> it's real people, bad.
0: People people swear by it it's so but anyway bad. um
1: coffee but yeah, and soda like, are mm. you get everything that you would ever need from tea and those two why why would you tea
0: who who knows mate but yeah um it shows that you know we do absorb a lot of mannerisms and such from people that we do admire greatly but it doesn't mean that we become them we still, like, you know, we we blend them together, you know. We're kind of patchwork in the sense of the people we are. Like, some people, for example, have said that I speak a lot like an American, even though I'm British. And that's because I've consumed a lot of American media and in turn also speaks to a lot of Americans more often than not. Um, so I like that this thing with Saul. Apart from him just, you know, being a very challenging figure to Segi in terms of what he ultimately wants to accomplish, um, I like that how... We can see the influences he's had on Richard, but also that he Richard is not simply a replication of Saul, mm-hmm. but rather is his own twist on the formula, if you want to call it that. And I think that's very authentic to real life and how we in turn become the people we are and you know what influences we blend into our own personas. I think that's pretty neat. So yeah, I'm glad that Saul was in this episode, not just for returning you know to help propel the plot along and also to challenge Sagi in that manner, but also for that particular element as well.
1: Um, one thing I liked about him, um, was his, that one time that he said, boy, aren't you full of youthful energy? Have some red jelly and cool your head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> can I, can I point something out about the red jelly? Saul starts with three slices of that and he eats one of them. And then the next time we see him eating from that plate, uh, there are three slices again. Whoops.
1: Well, he just, you know, he's had seconds, right? I mean, he's...
0: He had seconds that appeared out of nowhere. (laughs) He's an efficient man. (laughs) I did not see
1: him acquire them, and yet he he sliced himself three more slices.
0: No, only one, because he only had one slice, and then his plate was back up to three. Ah. Unless he ate all of the stuff off screen. (laughs) I mean granted granted this but is it not got cut from the anime problem. this is in the novel where it talked i talked about oh my god oh. it's like that scene from captain america the, the the very first captain america movie where uh tommy lee jones's character comes in with the food for um oh god i can't remember his fucking name uh anyway uh the nazi t- hydra guy and he's like Oh, are you trying to ply me with, with food, Joe? I was like, no, no, this is for me. <laughs> I'm just going to eat while we talk. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, anyway, I think... Do you have anything else to add about Saul, though, uh, Doc? Um, of it. Because we've got one thing he you liked, one thing he didn't, one thing he uh-huh, changed. So,
1: one thing I... So, I, the the liked was his weird expressions. Uh, One thing I didn't like. Well, I mean, he doesn't and this is not exactly like a thing i nailed the show to the wall over but he doesn't really feel super fleshed out he just kind of feels like i mean he's been mentioned before and everything so he's part of richard's history but i don't know it also feels like you could excise him from the story without losing a lot
0: i disagree um i think that like I say, I think it's clear that Richard like has become partly the man he is saying to because of Saul. So getting rid of him, you know, and I think that would lose that quality where we understand that he is a construct of different people but together. Like he was Edward Baxter, and then he, you know, became Richard the Vulpian. Sure. Um,
1: oh, and I'm I'm with you. Like I I like that stuff, and I think it's like I said, it's a good touch. I guess what I mean to emphasize is the story wouldn't lose a lot. Not that it would lose. It wouldn't lose anything. I mean, something would be lost, but is it? I is don't know. Critical, though? I mean, I think I think
0: because I, I think the intent as well is also with him being the mentor to so Richard. We can now see how even Richard himself, if, having been a mentor, say, "You like those ideas must have come from somewhere." You know, if, I I don't think it's. <clears throat> I'm not going to say he's, he's necessarily super critical, but at the same time, I if there were things that I would have to cut in order to make space for others. And boy howdy, is there some stuff that needs space put adding in to mm-hmm. add? I would probably still keep Sol
1: as presented. I just would want, um, like, I just feel like he needs, he's missing a, a layer or two of just polish and, and substance that would make him interesting.
0: Maybe, maybe that's the point of the problem with the adaptation of the novel to the the anime right. there was probably some, right. a substantial yeah a substantial amount more material yeah this is this is why um, i say
1: i wouldn't nail the show to the wall over this because i figure it's nah. one of those kind of things um one yeah. thing i would change um you know apart from what i just mentioned i guess like he he cracks really easily <laughs> with seiki i feel like he didn't put up enough of a fight <laughs> To like, because he's supposed to like, you know, it's his mission from Richard to keep him from leaving, right?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I I think, I think that he's just like, ha ha. You'll I, make I, him pudding. I, I think, All right, hop on a plane. <laughs> well, no, I I have a thought on that actually. Um, which, in fact, I might as well go into it now. Um, the, I think Saul is not meant to necessarily stop Segi from leaving or pursue Richard. But rather he's meant to ke- like you know keep an eye on him and make sure he's okay. And you know, that doesn't mean like he is explicitly gonna stop him from leaving if he feels it's in his best interest to do that. Um So let's talk while we're here then, I suppose, um, about the idea of home and also of being a foreigner. Because Latranger, which I originally had believed meant stranger, but it actually means foreigner. Similar Um, ideas, but not um, exactly the same thing. My my French is terrible. I apologize. This is my Spanish, German, Hungarian, uh, Japanese, Russian, (laughs) etc., etc., etc. I could go on. Um, My English is bad. So, (laughs) yeah, my 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 language in Mm -hmm. general. But anyway, communication so tough. Oh boy. Um, So here's the thing, right? say he says I can make him pudding and you might think yourself what the fly blue fuck kind of answer is that? Because it kind of is. Uh, pudding a car. So, <laughs> what? So, but here's the thing, right? It's not just simply the idea of him making pudding, like the actual product itself, but rather what it mm-hmm. means and represents. It represents a kind of stable thing, like you know, here's what I can give you every time that you like, you know, come home from work or like, you know, in our little bit of downtime. There's a kind of homeliness. I, I to can that. be
1: your your quaint English housewife. <laughs> right? Oh good God, that's what he's doing there, right? Uh, like I can, yeah. So I can, I can, I know, I understand him. And so I can't, like, you know, protect him from these huge troubles. I don't have a lot of money or power. Um, but what I can do is, like, support him in a way that helps him because I get him.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that that's why the pudding thing is important, silly enough as it might sound. Because it is about him giving that spiel like... Like, Richard views himself as a foreigner. Segi is probably the one person who can stop him feeling that way. It's making him feel like he has roots somewhere. That's the way that I, I view it. And the pudding element is a part of that. By just simply providing that comfort of home. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why making the tea is important as well. So, yeah, um, that is, I think, is a part of that as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with Sol as it's like... um. I do get the feeling, as I say like everything else, that there's probably a substantial amount more detail in the novels, and and when I say that, I mean there's a substantial amount of important or helpful detail that gives the thing a lot more meat. But we got what we got, uh, and I'm okay with that in Saul's case, but I'm not okay with that in another. So buckle up, folks! I'll be talking about that in a moment. Oh fuck it! Dog. <laughs> All right. Anyway thank you very much to everyone who's thrown in patron questions our way. If you have any thoughts on what we said, by the way, do feel free to respond Mm -hmm. to us in the Discord. Um, We're happy to get a dialogue going on this, so don't hesitate to talk to us about what we've said and offer clarifications. Uh, Like, even if you want to say, well, there is more material in the novel, you're right, or no, there wasn't, but maybe there should be, et cetera, et cetera. If you you think that there
1: is a Muppet to whom Jeffrey bears an even closer resemblance than Wayne, let us know in the Discord.
0: Hell yes, hell yes. Okay. Let's get to our talking points right. then. Do you want to go sure. first, Doc? Because yeah. I talked a lot. Um I want to, you know, uh
1: maybe talk about Tanimoto a little bit here. Yes. Oh my She's God. only in part of the episode I... and not no questions about her this week from the patrons. Oh, but man. uh You know, I I it I'm not usually Wanted to 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 do the sort of thing, Sean. But I I feel like I might want to take a little bit of a small victory lap here,
0: <laughs> because our girl. I've done it before uh, myself, to be honest. So you you go right our, ahead. Our girl, after you know last week,
1: uh, exhibiting what I thought was a lot of nonverbal communication, screaming. Segi, um, you know, I I might feel about you something stronger than just friendship. This week, basically, uh, tells him that she really
0: likes him a whole lot, and... She would, she would go after him if he went missing in the same way that Segi'd go after... Which, I feel like that's pretty concrete.
1: And... Yes, she would. She would go after him if he left, and, and and then she describes with shocking specificity, clarity, and detail the way in which Segi is feeling about Richard having left that, him behind that, oh
0: because this man, is her that.
1: experience as well. Having someone, you know, it's just like ah, it doesn't it suck, Segi, to have someone in your life where you think to yourself. Maybe I'm not as important to them as they are to me. Doesn't it suck? Oh, man. You know why it sucks? Because like, I feel that way too. Me, Tanimoto. But you're not paying attention to those, me right now.
0: <laughs> those lines hurt me because I've been there and it's entirely true. So, for. for it was painful to listen for, to. That. For someone who well,
1: didn't true. have a lot of experience in the game of love, um, I think she's. Um, She's now, she's got some chops now.
0: Well, it's it's like I've said to you off cast though, Doc. Like, I think what we tend to happen uh, to us as people is that we can be very good at observing other people's scenarios and offering a lot better advice than we would give to ourselves. Or even like, you know, advice that we we could say was the same amount of clarity, but we would never take. Like, I, for example, joke many times about, say, he being a limp dick noodle throughout this podcast run. For fun, of course, not because I genuinely dislike him. I was, I much like you. I say, just go, take her on a date, and yet, how many times have I, you know, similarly just gone? Nope, I can't. I can't do this. I can't ask it. It's not possible. It won't ever happen. No, 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 no. So, I think that in a similar vein with Tanimoso, like, it's not. I, I say it's very difficult for people to objectively, quote unquote view themselves and what they would do in their own situations like what's the best course of action versus what they could offer to people in a s- similar scenario like you're disconnected in that way so and yet
1: <laughs> she she has a startling amount of self-awareness here because again she's able to describe Segi's condition because it is Quite her possibly.
0: condition but this is also you know in the time after the ending of the last episode so
1: no, that's just true. And I, I think that there's a lot about all this that's really like endearing and like it hurts me, man. It's, you know, cause she uses the word heartbroken. You know, you'd be heartbroken at the thought of you not being as important to the person mm-hmm. you care about as mm-hmm. they are to you. And like feeling like you can't be angry at them, like that you, yeah. you want to be, but like you, you also feel like it wouldn't be like suppressing all, all those feelings. Like that's some that's really, um, it felt really specific, but also super oh, relatable yes. in terms of like, yeah, just a place place to be like, a really mm-hmm. difficult
0: place to be. I hate on that. But yeah, um, I wonder now if we'll see Tanimoto again in the show, to be quite honest. I think that might have been... Well, you I keep, keep saying, saying that. Do. <laughs> I'm okay. And, and the thing is, I'm okay <laughs> saying that because I, if I'm wrong, we get more Tanimoto. Win-win. I either get to be right or I get to be happily... Re- no, but if you're right,
1: it's still a lose. We've, well, no I, one wins if you're right. Well, Not even I suppose, you. but I
0: think this, but I mean, again, like <laughs> I'm speaking to the characters like and their function, which is that I think that now that she said that Sagan has kind of fallen on her own sword in the way that Sagi has done previously. Um, Maybe that's her time, but I grant you, I, I grant you that. Yeah, that I see what you mean. I'm talking about the anime. And again, the novel clearly has a lot more material and even the story of which extends beyond the anime's ending as I, hear it so uh let's see uh but i do feel as you do that um i'm glad that she's she came back in this episode i I found what she said like super relatable as you say man it was so good
1: she was wearing such a cool pretty cute (laughs) outfit like and then she's like you know I, i so i could anticipate like a rejoinder to my uh my my thing here it, people would be like well segi said that she, he really likes her and she did not in turn say that she liked him she just said you know you rock segi mm-hmm. good luck or whatever Go but like you. i don't know man i don't know man like l- i just it's just really hard for me to look at her monologue this episode as anything other than um again her uh, using her own feelings as a mirror, like using her own feelings as a guide to interpret. And that myself. Though, to be fair.
0: So again, unusual. This is all pretty in the realms of reason and uh, relatability. So, yeah, I hear you on that. All right, I suppose now is as good a time as any for me to start sharpening the you know the knives and going all in on yeah. this one. Yeah, yeah. I don't like to get angry about shows that I like. What have you got? Generally speaking. But also sometimes I think to myself that if I do like a show and then it lets me down so severely that I probably should get incredibly angry in the way that I do with other shows. They're just all around shit. So um, I have it on good authority from one of our patrons, uh, shouts to Mirror on the Wall for this info, um, that in the Yum. novel, Segi in an inner monologue confesses that he's had a dream at least once, if not more than once, of Richard um, and him being about to kiss. Okay... Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's clearly okay. important information okay. to this. Okay. To everything. Angry Shidon's going to come on in just a moment. Uh, I'm just holding him off a bit. But I want to just follow up on something that we discussed last week about the idea of arrow and ace representation. Now, I was okay ish with the fact that it wasn't in the end an arrow or ace narrative with Tanemoto. And the reason that I was okay with it in the end. Which, by the way, I should stress, I'm not saying that one must come at the expense of the other, that we have we can only have one of each. They are not mutually exclusive. Uh-huh. If Jewel Richard was better it could, as, a, as a material, it could have done both, in theory. Maybe not Stella Utanemoto doing both of them, of course, but sure. rather we could have had a different characters who fulfilled the function of being an Arrow or Ace character. You get my point. I mean, the framework already exists for that to be a thing, given we've had the individual character stories throughout the first half of the show's run. But I was okay with it, because the lesson that was ultimately given, rather than, you know, it being an affirmation of Arrow or Ace Identity, it was still a good lesson, which was, don't marry for the fun of it, marry because you genuinely, deeply care for someone. That I still think is a good lesson. I grant you maybe... Th- oh, sorry? Oh, man.
1: Oh, my God, Shadon. It just... This just hit me. Like, maybe... Oh Boy... This is like another. So we we had that patron question last week about like why Richard picked now to leave. Um, and we talked about him saying like, uh, you know, Segi, I'm sending him off to be happy. Um, so I could go like maybe it was the whole forced marriage thing. Yeah, I like say the par- the parallels are present. You know because yeah yeah like Tanimoto like having a chance to like marry for these reasons other than love and ultimately backing out of it made richard go like you know oh shit man (laughs) this is just yeah i just that's his life too i didn't i'm just now thinking of this
0: so the point i'm making is that uh, i still think that's a reasonable lesson now i grant you its relevance may be a bit diluted in the modern times because less people are getting married um but i think if you then replace the word marriage with be with someone in general then i think that that still applies and it's a good lesson However, I do not have the same opinion about the absence of the, you know, Richard and Segi kissing in a dream scene because there is no replacement for it. There is no replacement message that is good in its own right, non-mutually exclusively, of course. It just isn't there. And...
1: Just taking away characterization, like layers of important detail that these, that that Segi sort of...
0: Uh, feels about yep. So here's the thing, right? First off, first right off the boat before I start discussing other shows that I have seen. The show has already had an LGBTQ plus character in Mami who was forced into a role that they were not happy with and ultimately rejected. So I don't understand why they neglected then to re- not include the, that particular scene in the show i mean you know what i would have done i would have probably ejected a substantial chunk of um jeffrey and say like time on the plane or maybe more time of them fumbling around in london or whatever and then have say fall asleep on the plane and then have your dream sequence there now i grant you i don't know the where the dream sequence falls in the novels i think it just might be simply say says it happens but you can easily slot that into a point where he falls asleep on a plane i mean come on it's a plane ride have him fall asleep he has the dream he wakes up we've landed here we go we're in london done, boom, easy, piece of piss. So I don't understand it from that perspective. It's clearly, you know, not the case that the uh, the writers are cowards, I suppose, because they have had LGBTQ plus characters before. But at the same time, if that's not the case that they are, you know, like cowards, because they know full well what that would mean if they put that in and they don't want to annoy, I don't know, shippers or whatever, or just try to not narrow its appeal, then it, to me, speaks of a fundamental ignorance mm-hmm. of what the work is actually about which I find hard to believe given everything that's happened in this show thus far. And the fact that it's been fairly nuanced in a lot of ways it's treated its characters, particularly the one-shot ones. I mean, Mami's, like episode to me still sticks out in my mind for how it handled her character and what it said about societal expectations of, you know, marry, you know, fall in line, don't be different, don't be, like, you know, LGBTQ+, etc. So now we're having a reversal of that where it won't even acknowledge that, say, his feelings might be something more than just deep bromance? F- I don't fucking know. It's it's fucking shocking to me that that's the thing they drop. Like I know that people who have who've read the novels are generally annoyed at the fact that a lot of detail has been left out, such as Seige's in a monologue. For me, having not read the novels with that massive caveat in mind, I don't mind, in principle, the fact that an inner monologue is dropped. It depends on what's being said in it that counts in my opinion although in of itself and in a monologue does serve a function of being a way of expressing to an audience something that is ultimately not expressed to other characters, which can be a key divide. Um, so that pisses me the fuck off that that's not even in there. But then, mm-hmm. just because, again, I can't divorce, like, you know, I can't entirely watch a show in a, in a bubble. I have to think of other shows I watch. We're in 2020. Last year, you and I watched Given, Dark, and that was completely unabashedly unashamed of what it was about. And recently, although it hasn't aired recently, I've been watching Bloom Into You, which is about two mm-hmm. schoolgirls, you know, coming to understand that they might have romantic feelings for each sure. other. And also, again, societal pressures of LGBT on, on queer women. Like, you know, we can't show it in public. What does it mean? You know, I've got to be student council president. I can't be my own person. Blah, 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 blah. So I'm sorry, uh, Julia Richard. Grow a fucking spine. Put in the actual fucking material that is key to understanding this relationship. Don't be some wishy-washy, hazy, subtextual piece of crap. Like you know, there's that thing like I know, right? I know writers who use subtext <laughs> and are all cowards. Well, in this case, I would argue they are. Like if depending on how you want to view it, I, I don't understand. Like oh, we wanted to narrow the, you know, we wanted to make the appeal more broad. I, I'm I'm very sorry to say here, but you're adapting, you're adapting a novel. That in of itself seems already quite niche as is anyway. So maybe you might want to instead play to the fans here, because guess what? You've not brought in any new you probably won't have brought in any new viewers, uh, because you're, you know, being very hands-off and like not direct about whether or not this is an LGQ plus story for the main characters. And you're certainly not gonna you know, make the actual fans of the source material happy either. So you don't please anyone by Neglecting either willingly or ignorant or in ignorance to include a scene that pivotal, in my opinion, for fuck's sake, honestly, is um,
1: or rather, are the novels more concrete about? I mean, clearly, they're more concrete because they have this dream, but like, I guess is what I mean. Like, do they come down for sure that, like, yes, Segi and Richard,
0: like. Are gay and in love. Eventually, that's something I suppose this. our patrons could answer for us. I guess uh, I certainly can't. I don't know, um, but I want. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to know if, um, especially after
1: I think after the anime ends, will I would I would like to know if these are you know yeah truly um, BL uh, books or if if there are, is some intentional vagueness at the heart of even yeah. the source material
0: i mean i'm not saying that all uh, LGBTQ plus narratives need to be in, exceptionally con- constantly overt in in you know that these characters are totally into each other like so hard on. but as presented with the material we've got here like the fact that segi for example like says i really like i really like you i mean I, to me it feels like there's a distinction between that and love or even like or even, you know, I really yeah. like you. Like that, still in itself, cannot mean romantic affection. I wish that, yeah, you're uh, you're worthy uh, of my hell. grace, Richard.
1: Don't. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I know. I, I know to. you do. But Sorry. I,
0: I just think to myself, like, <laughs> I wish that you know, shows like this would still indulge, uh, like, more consistently in. Making it clear what they're about, like you know that they are definitely about an LGBTQ+ plus narrative rather than not being And again, I'm speaking as a set guy here, and I must say, like having watched Bloom into you recently, like the fact that it is very much unashamed about that, but it still handles it with a substantial amount of nuance, both in its visuals and in terms of what it means for societal structures pressuring and suppressing people from being open about their affections like that all the more to me just makes me think, what the fuck has gone wrong here for God's sake, come on. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm I'm with you. I
1: think it's it's really bad that this got left out. It's 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 really it's really bad, you know, because it's not like um, because I I mean I guess like it could be just any piece of um of backstory that got left out, but this piece really does. Make it feel like that, you know. the The point behind this was to make it less gay. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't. And I, that don't sucks. St- I mean, uh, that's why I said like before that it's not like where I had the kind of uh, uh, kind of thing about the Ace Arrow representation because at least we got some other a decent message in place. With it. No, this is just this is gone. It's gone, and there's nothing in its place that I can point to as at least a consolation prize, if you will. So, I oh, don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. I mean, ugh, anyway, anyway. I mean, I suppose I suppose anyway. that's going to be in the, in the end, like that maybe the show is ultimately down to not be as good as I have a given or blooming to you. Because it can't commit to the narrative that it very seeming, very obviously wants to tell. It almost seems like it's screaming to tell, but it's just being gagged. And anyway, I've said my piece on it. It is bullshit. <laughs> and for all that I might previously have been like, hey, I'm still enjoying this, despite the, you know, the abridgment of the show versus the novel. Like this particular point, I'm still like the show, don't get me wrong. But but I, but I but it of feels course, diminished yeah. in my eyes that it hasn't done that. Even though to me, like, there's no downside to doing it whatsoever. Even if I would be an ultra cynical businessman, I'm like, look, that means we're committed to our fan base and we're committed to the audience that we want to cultivate for this material rather than being for, I don't fucking know. Randoms, fucking randoms, mm. it? <laughs> right for Dirty for casuals. casuals
1: for the because because being for the will just you know the normal uh-huh. default person who is a, a straighty, mm. which is a very um, annoying, to put it mildly, mm. point of view.
0: All right. Uh, so over to you, Doc. Do you have any more talking points?
1: Uh, I couple clarification questions, I guess. Um, so, like, there's a part where Segi is talking to Jeffrey about, uh, you know, the, the whole England, uh, the the conditions for inheriting that, the diamond. That,
0: to me, and... is bullshit. I already know where you're going with that. And I thought, wait, that's not how it works. It's just well, for what depends on the will. Like, you don't, it doesn't have to be, like, you know, the fucking next in line or wherever it can be whoever you want it to be depending on the will right right
1: well i, I so my question though is um saggy at one point says so this is why richard made such a big deal about this anti-discrimination clause working in the store hmm. uh, did you i don't really see how the two things related what
0: why does one well, the follow from the other? I don't think it. I didn't. I didn't even clock that that was a related thing to what you just said about the whole inheritance thing. I'm I, sorry, I, you, I, you don't, a, I don't. I uh, don't see how. Like, I, I didn't even catch that connection at all. Like, I don't even think there is one. To be blunt. Okay. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, yeah, I know. Well, that's so. Segi said that. What did he say? What I don't. I don't. I literally do not remember. He said so. That's why Richard. Uh, during jeffrey's little speech she's like so that's why richard uh you know what did he say that's why he made such a big deal about the claw i do
0: not remember him saying about the i'm I'm gonna have to go back and look Uh, because that to me seems like such a non sequitur it makes absolutely no
1: yeah exactly exactly and speaking of non sequiturs like the other the the other one that i thought how does a b follow from a here this was to do with uh with saul when he said uh richard um you know he never felt at home he was a he was a foreigner in every land no matter well that's where 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 he went i will Um, note
0: that that is a baseline element to richard's character because he's actually even jeffrey's brother he's cousin oh i haven't
1: i haven't gotten to the part that i thought was illogical yet this is like you said this is just a description of richard um and he says he felt like a foreigner everywhere he went pompous no I'm like, huh? What? what, what? You're, Why is it pompous that he always feels lonely? Maybe,
0: maybe I don't because understand? Maybe, maybe that's Saul's observation that? now that he's met Sagey that Richard was never that lonely to begin with, you know, like, again disconnect between what we think of the world around us and like how we view ourselves versus reality I thought it was fine Sure Yeah, I can think of some possible Like, you know, that's the name of his store You know I do think there's, like, a bit of a, a ego in that, like, hey, look at how proud I am of being a foreigner, you know?
1: Oh, the pompousness refers to the fucking Etrange could, could name. I thought it was referring to... God damn it. See, I thought... I thought he was saying, isn't it pompous that Richard feels lonely everywhere he goes? Because it may be sort of like he feels above everyone and hasn't found someone on his level to put down roots with. But either way... Either way, Um, I've had problems like this for the last few weeks where I just am not... And look, if I'm just a fucking idiot, I'm just a fucking idiot. But this is not a real typical problem I have with a lot of anime where I'm like not understanding the logic of the arguments the characters are making. And so I feel like maybe the... Maybe it's a translation thing, or maybe like, I don't, that, I don't know, the, the way that the arguments the characters are making flow, I'm just having issues with I didn't it have general. a problem with the pompous line. I think um, it
0: fits on those levels, to be honest, and it sounds again like something uh, Saul as himself, as someone who clearly is quite high would say in such circumstances. So, no, I, I was okay with that. Well, if, it, if
1: it's if it's if he's talking about the name Etranje, um, but like it, I'm not really well, sure. Well,
0: he, he just mentioned the store's I name I'm, in this I, episode and why it came about, so that's clear.
1: Oh, I know, I know, Which, but like it, it, but the language there, to me, didn't do enough to con- I the, the fact that there was a question of what he's even referring to, to like a, you know, w- normal reader, like myself, who's, and I don't know, I mean, I'm not gonna be like I'm smarter than ever but like I don't know I don't really have trouble with this sort of thing uh all that much so I don't know I just the the dialogue writing isn't um to, th- there are some some issues of clunkiness I feel like and I don't know if it's because again they're trying to adapt so much or 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 if it's a translation thing um because just ima- like uh, of course, you could pretzel it into making sense, but like, imagine you you are sitting there with someone, and you're and you would you if you're listening to someone talk about someone else, and they say like, "Oh, he was lonely all the time." Isn't that pompous? Like, would I you be like, "Excuse on, I me?" I think it depends on how one presents what?
0: themselves, and that's entirely what Richard is about. I
1: don't know, man. If it just it came off feeling very weird. And again, I I've had a couple of these issues over the last few weeks where it just the the dialogue, it felt like th- that people were saying things that you uh, you could go back and like be like ah oh, like yes, right, like I I can I can make this fit together maybe, but like make it make sense in the moment like support your argument in the speech you're currently making. You know what I <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just totally on an mm-hmm. island here.
0: Um, I By the way, anyway. I just reread the scene there, but I don't think that the clause that Sage is referring to is the uh, discrimination thing. What clause is he talking about? Again, what? The... This is
1: just supports my point even I more. What it is he talking visit about? I'd the
0: show to have introduced a quick flashback here as to what exactly he was saying, you know, the line he was referring to. But I definitely didn't think it was a discrimination one. There is no other clause <laughs> that Richard has. Again, the show might have been, might have been best to, like, remind us of what that was as a flashback but i definitely don't think it makes any sense for it to have been the discrimination one i think he's referring to something else um i feel like what they're trying to do and not is achieving it no in fact is, say, no hold on i remember like, what it is he's referring i think to what he was discussing about the girlfriend that he had and how Mm-hmm. yes you know he I'm going to need more time to I'll have to start. Look at this
1: work we're having to do to figure it out. This is what I'm saying. Like, I feel like what they're trying to do but fail to achieve is say, well, Richard had um, a foreign girlfriend but um, was denied it. And so that is why he made it such a big deal in this Etranje store to be non-discriminatory and be like open to other people and cultures and stuff like that. But like it the way it is just sort of flippantly said like oh yeah this is so obvious like whenever it is just not that obvious um and not well connected is um it just makes it just, it's an issue for me when i'm watching the episode like it interrupts the flow to me
0: i i didn't mind it to be honest i don't think i genuinely do not believe it to be related to that discrimination I Else, i think that would have been more explicitly stated by the show i mean i'm saying that the show has problems at the moment like with the absence of that particular you know scene that we discussed but i don't think it would like deliberately forget that signpost like something as important as that if that's what it was especially given that clause was so long ago in the show's runtime um but anyway i ultimately don't feel the same but i can understand where you're coming from so uh do you have anything else stuck
1: no, not really. I mean, I think we covered most of the major yeah. stuff already. So. I, will... um, I did not love I did not love this episode, uh, certainly as much as I've loved the last few, because it did not have like the um, it, it didn't really feature the stuff that I like the most about this show, which is uh, the relationships between Richard, Segi and Tanemoto um and it just wasn't that it was about exposition and family history and the convoluted will and uh it was a lot of setup for stuff that it you know the setup is needed i'm sure and i'm sure it will help the future moments pay off harder and deliver more um you know we have to establish the stakes and things like that but as a consequence this episode felt drier to me and less um compelling than mm. previous viewings I kind of
0: hear you on that I mean I do f- I like you've got the thing about the diamond and hey diamond you know king of all gems most valued etc etc that's makes sense for it to be the end game I suppose if you will but I don't mind necessarily the repetition of the message that wealth in of itself is meaningless versus actual connections and meaning and such you know that there is that's the value that really matters And that's why this diamond is such a poisonous piece of shit because it's destroying a family over, but ultimately does not need it in any way, shape, or form. But as you say, though, like, because we haven't yet got Richard back into the picture, I feel a little bit of a disconnect from that, even though I can clearly see how the show has been building up to the revelation of this diamond. Like, this is why, for example, we had the episode about the Jade Hand, which is referenced here. Like, the audience, especially if you're a Japanese audience, like, you're being primed for a lot of, like, high like numbers about like how expensive these things are so that's why the jade hand serves a function here and indeed he's referenced in this episode because you're like holy shit that was expensive and then you get the gem the, the diamond you're like holy moly that's fucking expensive no. like that's a lot of, that's <laughs> a lot of moolah 22 billion yen was it something ridiculous like that um 40 i, 40, I apologize 40 uh it's it's a, it's a lot of dinero let's put it that way um but yeah like without richard actually appearing in this episode proper i think at the moment it feels very academic and impersonal i suppose um but mm-hmm. i'm okay, i will be okay yeah. with this episode with the benefit of hindsight if it now in the final three yeah. uh, 10 11 12 it delivers it delivers on those mm-hmm. and we get to see like you know what it really means for richard in particular and like I say for all that you know we've had the telling of henry being an, uh, an exerting influence here on geoffrey uh, and richard I'm definitely interested in seeing how it handles showing him firsthand. That I think will be uh, interesting to watch. So a stumble, if you want to call it that, but maybe in hindsight, with the benefit of hindsight, and time, a necessary one. Although there is no excusing omitting the LGQ actual like context, not subtext, context that is in the that is in the original material. Yes. That to me is an inexcusable mistake on the part of the show's creators, and. I think that, you know, it's ultimately going to make this show not have as much staying power as other shows. Like, given, I reckon, for example, like, will be, l- well, looked upon. Granted, it will, in its turn, as we said with Anthony earlier, become obsolete in time. It will become an irrelevant tale in its own right. And I suppose Simily Blooming 2 will do the same. But they, I think, will have a lot more staying power, and especially for me, as a, even as a cisette guy, like, you know, than this show will, in terms of, like, the quality of its character work. Because... They knew what they were and they were unashamed to be about that, and in turn they were consistent about it as well. So that sucks, and I feel bad for the people, especially who are fond of the novels, because to have such a pivotal thing just be ignored in favour of <laughs> is pretty <laughs> shameful in my opinion. But hey, what
1: So much other stuff you could cut. Like
0: take take <laughs> so you know what? Much. Unless say you took jeffrey's selfie stick and beat him to death with it you could have to cut that scene with him using that entirely there you go Ugh.
1: anyway yep and then and then you could just figure out next episode richard could say like he could just hold mm-hmm. his phone up and be like you know i followed i found out through social media you know it's just god there's so much exactly. Other stuff. exactly trimmed out Especially, I mean, cut out a, a little bit from the raise out ghoul scenes. I don't know. There's like it's a myriad of things, but that feels mm-hmm. really important, and it's it's a real shame Indeed. that it's not in the anime. All
0: right, we'll leave our talk of Jula Richard there, but we will be back next week to cover the next episode. Uh, we should. Uh, I'm going to discuss this with Doc off uh, Castle. I'm just noticing the (laughs) popsy I know. But the thing that I love about that popsy thing is that the logo to my memory is identical, and I'm pretty sure that in of itself is copyright or trademark infringement. Whoops. Should have made it a different shape, (laughs) but never mind. Who cares? Anyway, uh, so (laughs) I I will go grab a refreshing glass of popsy in a moment, but uh, we should probably mention that myself and Doc will now be talking off cast in a little while about what we're going to do with Second Stream Season 4, which is, of course, the next season of anime that's coming out. We've kind of got a pretty solid idea of what we're going to do for the mainline um, show, Stream of Thought. Yep. Um, but what we would ask you now, our wonderful patrons, uh, as part of the process for deciding is, if you can start pitching shows to us that you might want us to cover in general, so we can then put them on the poll that we will put up, as we did with Jula Richard originally and all the other shows, uh, feel free to do so. Just a couple of things I'll remind you of. We're not going to be covering any sequels just on the assumption that people may not have seen them and they ultimately would probably get bogged down in a lot of catching people up to speed on stuff if they hadn't. So for the sake of efficiency, we're not going to do sequels. Uh, we will not be doing anything like interspecies reviewers if that comes around again. I'm no. sure that you would like to listen to me week on week, ha- you know, have an aneurysm and like hear the grinding of my molars into a fine powder. But no, there will be no uh, stuff that could arguably be construed as not safe for work. Oh, well, okay, maybe that you know some fan service stuff isn't necessarily against that but hentai bait. Let's just go with hentai, like you know let's call it yes. what it is. Um otherwise anything is fair game and you know we I would especially invite you to bring stuff to us that would put us outside of our comfort zones because I feel like that's just, I mean, maybe this is very incredibly presumptuous on my part, but I feel like for myself to our patrons here, you put a lot of faith in us covering material like this. You did it with Given. Uh you did it with Sherlock. Whoops. <laughs> uh, we, no, let, you we down. let you down <laughs> the fucking shows fall <laughs> the show let everyone oh, down, God, the show really? craps all over my oh co- man there my... is uh
1: there's definitely a youtube commenter out there who believes we have hugely misread but the then show he also on... then he also said it that is... our
0: opinions don't matter because he's covering an anime show and yet he's the one he's the one <laughs> who spent a substantial amount of his time writing out a parag- several paragraphs to that particular effect so basically uh mr youtube man um you're full of it, you know. Don't don't think you can like make a constructive feedback post thing. Go. Well, actually, none of it mattered anyway. Wow, wow, wow. Jesus Christ, you know. Go back to fucking school. Anyway. Anyway, besides uh, the point, basically what I'm trying to say is um, thank you again to our patrons um, for having the faith in us to cover material like this that otherwise might be construed as outside of our comfort zone, generally speaking. I definitely do like being challenged in this way. And I'm glad in turn that you're all enjoying our discussions on this. I mean, I still look back with huge fondness on Given um, and how people responded to us covering that. Um, So please continue to invest your faith in us. Please continue to suggest things that you would think challenge us in in any respects. Like again, apart from obviously, you know the deeply fan servicey stuff that would make me lose my mind. Please try not to send stuff that way if at all possible. Um, <laughs> well, I don't think
1: that anyone, is, if, surely, our If we audience end up doing an isekai Kai, about I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nah. Oh shit! Um, anyway, so that's that. Uh, however, you listener at home may not be one of our patrons, but you may be thinking to yourself, you know what. I might want to become a patron, I might want to support those wonderful people at WarioDesho and, you know, help them make more content. And if you want to do that, you need only navigate yourself over to www. Uh, patreon.com forward slash Roy Show. We've got three tiers of uh, access here. You've got yourself the $2 tier, which gets you Discord. Uh, you've got the $3 tier or higher, which gets you uh, early access ad free to our mainline show. Uh, you can also then take part in asking us questions about shows we cover as we go along. Uh, and then if you go on the $5 tier or higher, you get yourself access to Second Stream, this very same podcast, one week before everyone else for the rest of the world. You also get to in turn influence what we cover next on second stream, just as I mentioned with our patrons there. And lastly, you get the right to ask myself or doc to cover an anime of your choosing with certain restrictions, mind you, but nonetheless, you can get us to do that. So do check all of that stuff out. And if otherwise you don't want to support us financially, but do want to support us in another way, uh, that is absolutely fine as well. And immensely appreciate Just give us the like, subscribe, follow, share, click the bell, smash the buttons, you know, hammer your keyboard home, all that good stuff always, always helps. And anyway, anyway, with all of that said, I suppose that takes us to the end. Here is Friday evening. I'll be cracking open the bear in a minute for us to cover our after-hours section, which is another podcast you can get access to on our Patreon. Uh, thank you very much for everyone who's asked us questions and has listened to this. It's been an absolute delight. We will be back next week to cover Julia Richard Ten. Uh, but from myself and from Doc, uh, thank you very much again. Have a great evening, and well, like we often say in the show. Embrace each other, everyone. It's the end of the universe. Good night.